It is May 4th today when I'm recording this, and so you know what I just did? I went over on Instagram and I posted my requisite May the 4th be with you Star Wars photo. Uh, this one this year was a was a first in, in all of the times that I've posted something like that because it was my daughter dressed up like Grogu, who for those of you who are not Star Wars fanatics like I am out there, that's uh, Baby Yoda. So she was in a Baby Yoda knitted, by the way. We got this on Etsy, a really cool knitted Baby Yoda outfit. And uh, I'm posting that now, and someday I'm just putting coins away for her her uh, therapy when she says, why did you post these photos of me dressed up like Baby Yoda for the world? But anyway, she's adorable, and you can go check that out at my Instagram, at uh, Mike Ganino, and then see what she looks like. But that started me thinking a little bit about Instagram and how we use it as as storytellers, as public speakers, as people who speak and share ideas for a living. What's the right way to use Instagram? And there's this pressure I know that I've felt before of, you know, you have to have a huge audience. I don't. My audience is under 4,000 people, but I know almost everyone um, or know of everyone at least who follows me and who I follow on there. And so it's super intentional, but I feel this pressure all the time of like, I need the swipe up feature. So I need 10,000 followers or I need to put hashtag paid. Uh, so I need a hundred thousand followers so I can sell, you know, voice tease to people who want to be public speakers. There's this pressure to do that and it doesn't really make sense for all of us. And it, I think stops us from putting out good content and good things. So I thought on this episode, I would invite an expert to talk to us about it. And thankfully, I know one. Uh, And not only have I been part of his community and one of his, his clients and students, but he also hired me to host to be the MC for his event last year. So on today's episode, I've got Tyler J. McCall with me. He's a business and Instagram marketing strategist and really helps like online business owners and digital entrepreneurs. And today he's going to help the storytellers of the world, you and me, um, by helping us focus how using Instagram and social media to tell stories. Haha, we're good at that. Um, but how to do it on Instagram, how to build relationships, how to convert followers to fans. Uh, and he does it by drawing on his 10 years of experience in nonprofit marketing and community organizing. So he's, he's really good at bringing people together through this. Since 2015, Tyler has taught thousands of entrepreneurs how to start, grow, and scale their online businesses. He's the founder of the Follower to Fan Academy, an online Instagram marketing training company and of the Online Business Association, which is the conference that he hired me to MC last year. It's the first and only professional association for online business owners and digital entrepreneurs. And uh, when Tyler's not coaching and teaching, he's probably on a target run with his husband, Eric, enjoying road trips, documenting it all for us on Instagram. But today we've got him here and I thought it would be really fun to break down the myths of Instagram. Uh, because I wanted to know, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? And that's what this one. So grab your pen, your notepad, your note app or whatever, because we're going to break down the myths. We're going to go through and talk about how you, my storytelling gurus of the world, can use Instagram a little more intentionally. And there's also a deeper dive free training on this that you can catch over at tylerjmccall.com slash free, tylerjmccall.com slash free. Let's dive into this interview. So you have a story to tell, and you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways so you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Here is your host, Mike Benino. I wrote down a bunch of these myths that I believe, well, I know I've had, and I believe a lot of people in the audience might be having around Instagram. And so I thought we would just dive right in and kind of just go myth by myth. Let's do it. It's like the like the gay marketing myth busters. Let's go. Well, let's start off with a gay marketing myth then, okay? <laughs> yes, please. Does size matter? <laughs> wow. Okay, this is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more about knowing what to do with it that matters, right? 
I think we should just do this entire show as innuendos, and then the audience has to figure out how to apply that to Instagram. Oh my God. Could you imagine? We're going to get canceled so hard. Please bring yep. it on. Let's do it. You know what? I'm If in 2021, I don't get canceled and and uh, for for speaking the truth, then you know, what can you do? What can you do? They're coming for everybody these days. So, okay. It. When I talk about size, I'm talking about and I know for me, and and I've learned from you, and so I'm pretty good at leveraging Instagram to build relationships and and sell my programs and things like that, and and to connect with people. And even I still look at it, and I see people with the swipe up, Tyler. I see people with the 10k. I see people with the 100k, and I think like, am I good enough? Can I use this? Should I even? I shouldn't be focused on anything except for growing my account to a certain amount of followers. True, not true. What should we be thinking about instead? Yeah, look, I mean, I think the obsession with follower to grow follower growth is something that you are not alone in feeling. It's it's very common for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and experts who are trying to leverage Instagram for their brand. I think part of the problem is that everywhere you turn, everyone is teaching you how to grow your following, and they're hyping up follower growth. Um, it feels like you can't scroll Instagram these days or like open up YouTube without seeing a video or an ad or a free training, free resource, free download about how to grow your following, how to 10x your following, how to get 10,000 followers in the next 10 and a half minutes. Like that's how it feels online. And the reason people are selling all that is because we're kind of operating from this assumption that if we get more followers, then we can guarantee more sales, more leads, more inquiries, more bookings, that more followers will equal more success in our businesses. And the the unfortunate side of that is that it's just not true. Um, you know, there are a lot of really great content creators out there who are totally broke. There are lots of people with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of followers on Instagram that can't, you know, couldn't sell a t-shirt if they wanted to. And the goal here, and this is what we help our clients with, and for, for folks listening, I want to invite you to, instead of obsessing over growing your following, get obsessed with connecting with the followers you already have and creating really great content for those people. And when you do that, it's kind of like, the upside down, backwards, inside out way of growing your following. Because when you get really obsessed with creating great content for the followers you already have, you're going to get more of those types of followers and your following is going to grow. And the flip side of this, Mike, is that follower growth is an okay goal or objective. If you want to grow your following on Instagram, that's totally fine. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't do that or that you can't do that. I just think you need to understand what follower growth will actually do for you, if anything. And also understand that follower growth on Instagram these days in 2021 takes a very specific strategy. And it's pretty labor intensive. It's a very content heavy strategy. And I mean, let's be honest, for a lot of entrepreneurs and people that are building their business, creating three pieces of content a day to post on Instagram, spending an hour a day on Instagram engaging to grow their following isn't something that they want to do. And it's not something you have time to do. So you kind of got to start thinking about the trade-off and like, is it worth it to spend that much time on that much content and that much engagement on Instagram to grow your following? If it is for you, go for it. But... Maybe just think about creating really good content a few days a week, connecting with the followers you already have, and knowing that you don't have to have 10,000 followers to have a successful business. And do you think that that's where – it feels like maybe that's where some of the folks get it wrong with this, I have to put out something every day. And so they're putting out these very – uh, generic posts. They're they're putting things, yes. and it's almost like maybe they're posting and running because they've seen you have to post every day, and that alone is not going to get you. That might not even get you growth, even. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's probably just like contributing to the noise. You know, I think. Look, Instagram is an incredible platform in that you can do so much with so many different types of content, and it has such a large user base. Instagram surpassed one billion users in 2020 it's, and it's still growing and that's super exciting that also means that there are other people out there that do what you do and that if you aren't being really thoughtful 
with the content you're creating and how it is differentiated from other people, you're just literally contributing to the noise. You're just kind of being a part of all the hustle and bustle on Instagram. And I think mm. a lot of times the like the forced content creation of oh my gosh, I have to post once a day or twice a day and let me like turn into a content making machine and buy the world's ugliest Canva graphic templates and <laughs> slap a quote in it from Les Brown and throw it up on my Instagram feed and like I'm going to get more followers. And y'all, it's not going to work. Like people want to follow people because their content is unique. It, it has a unique point of view. It has a unique brand voice and they're going to get something out of it right? Like following someone on social media, this is transactional. I follow you to receive the benefit of your content. I want to either be inspired or motivated or educated or challenged, or, or I want you to teach me something. I want you to help me be a better person, a better business owner, a better parent, a better partner. Like that's why I follow you on social media. You got to match. You, you got, you, you, you have an end of the bargain too. Like you got to create good content if I'm going to follow you and good content isn't just like mass produced, you know, McDonald's style. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a McDonald's lover. Okay. So I'm not being judgy about McDonald's, but you know, it's not like that kind of content that's going to help you really stand out online. Do you see yeah. that a lot with, with folks in your space, Mike? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of of pressure that people feel that they have to be yeah. on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on here, on there, and <laughs> everywhere. And so yeah. the idea is the the objective almost feels like my goal is to get something out every day versus mm -hmm. my goal is to build relationships here so that these folks view me as an expert, view me as a a source of new information. And it's more, I need to just get stuff out because somebody somewhere told me I should post every day on all these platforms. And and I see that yeah. and and I and I hear it from folks too of this idea of like, well, it's not working. And part of the reason it's not working, I think, is because of that bad advice of post something, post anything, keep sharing quotes by other people, which I am not a fan of. And per I, I, whoever's listening to this right now, let me just say this to you. Quote your damn self. Like your <laughs> ideas are worth quoting. You don't have to go find random quotes and share them. And I, um, I see that so much. I think people, I don't know if they get burnt out and then they just post regular things or if they just have no idea uh, how to approach building those relationships strategically, like you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I think part of it, you kind of, you, you really spoke to there is like, you heard somewhere that you should be doing this, you know, and it's like, you listened to a podcast, you watched a YouTube video, you went to a conference or event and, <laughs> you know, you go to, like, let's say you go to an event about building your business and every person that comes across the stage is saying, do this, do that. This is going to get you more results. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times, especially in the online business space and the expert industry space, like, you know, I think there's a lot of educators and experts and speakers doing people a really great disservice by always speaking in absolutes, as I say that in an absolute statement. But, um, you know, I think there's danger in that. I think there's danger in taking someone else's absolute way of doing something and following it like step by step, like completely verbatim, rule by rule, and thinking that's going to work for us. Like, I think, I mean, there's so much that goes into, first of all, even defining what success means for yourself and like what that looks like. And it looks different for everyone. And, and then from there, you know, creating the kind of business that makes the most sense for you. And then from there, creating the kind of content that helps you create that kind of business. And, you know, I've, I've always been a fan and a big believer in the fact of like not being on every platform, not trying to be everywhere, creating all the types of content. I mean, for the first five years of my business, I had an Instagram account and a Facebook group and like, that was it. That's all I worried about. And it took me five years to launch a podcast. And then I'm thinking now about maybe I want to launch YouTube, but oh my gosh, that's another place to create content. Let me give myself like another couple of years to get good at the podcast before I start doing YouTube. And like, you know, I think it, it, just like doing things more gradually, more steadily. Also understanding that overnight success takes decades, like <laughs> going at it with that approach instead of like, oh my gosh, I need to produce and make and do content and show up everywhere. I also think the other side of it, Mike, is like 
enough people aren't having the conversation that social media, content creation, all of that, yes, it's important for your business, but it's not your business unless you're a social media manager or running an agency. Like your business is being on stage talking about the thing you talk about or being in your coaching program, coaching people on the thing that you coach on. Like that's the business. All this other stuff is like important. You got to do it. But I don't think it always should be the priority for people. And I always talk a lot about like, let me help you create an Instagram strategy that lets you get back to the business of running your business instead of just trying to be an Instagrammer. Mm. I think that's really, I think that's really important for people to hear because I think that we see, you know, we see someone with 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, a million likes and we think like, oh, that's what I have to do to be successful, when in some ways that might have been the outcome of their success and not yes. the reason for their success, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. It makes complete sense, right? Like, And I think we've gotten follower growth and audience building. It's totally upside down and backwards. People think, I need to grow my following. I need to build an audience and then create content for them. Not understanding that you grow a following and build an audience by creating really good content. And we all start at zero followers. I don't, I don't think people think about that enough. We all start with zero. We all have the benchmark of getting our first follower, then our first hundred, then first thousand, then 10,000, then hundred thousand. Like everyone goes on that exact same journey. And of course there are flukes. There are people that go viral. There are things that happen where out of nowhere, it feels like this person blows up and has success, but also you don't see the months or years that people put in before they had that moment of going viral and having something happen where they became a quote unquote overnight success. You don't see all the time and energy that went into it until they got there. And you also don't understand sometimes that the overnight success, the viral post, the, oh my gosh, they just got all these followers. How can I do that same thing? It's not always good. I just had my own experience. I had a post to go viral on Instagram. I grew my following by like 12,000 followers in a day, which was wild. I never experienced that before. And then a week later, I'm talking to my team about it and I'm like, okay, this is cool. But y'all realize that like these people probably aren't our ideal follower. Now we're going to have to contend with lower engagement. Now we are going to falsely assume the results that we're going to get in our business because we have X number of followers, even if those aren't the right followers for the thing that we sell. So then all of the, all of that stuff starts to come up too. So yes, I mean, create good content and grow a following. Stop trying to grow a following and then think you'll just create content for them later. Uh, that's... That's like a that's like a mic drop moment, a tweetable moment right there because I see I've actually had clients who've gone viral for a TEDx talk that they gave. Yeah. And one of the things about most I mean there's a lot of TEDx events there's like TEDx in my grandma's backyard now. There's there's so many of these licenses. <laughs> but there are, you know, some of those events that do high production uh, and really high quality talks. And I've seen people in those ones they don't want ideas you've used before. The the goal is it needs to be something new, something actually an idea actually we're spreading and not just an idea you had and you know didn't really think through and i had a client who went super super viral for a tedx talk that was an original idea that was something that she was sharing but it wasn't what her business was about and it wasn't what she wanted to travel around the country speaking about it wasn't what she coached on and she went super viral for it and she had exactly this scenario that you're saying i mean it wasn't on you it wasn't on instagram it was you know youtube and, and ted world mm -hmm. but she went viral for something that she had no link to her business and so she had all these followers she had all these people coming to her all these people joining her email list who were not her clients and they were not the kind of people. And then they were surprised when they got her book and they're like, wait, what, what is this book about? I thought you were the woman that talked about this thing. And it's like, yeah, I was, but I don't sell that. That's not what my offer is. And I think a lot of people end up in that place wanting to go viral. And then you realize, oh, I went viral for something that those people are never going to buy from me. They're never going to be my clients. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm an Instagram marketer. I teach marketing and business strategy and my reel that went viral was about, uh, like self-love and body image and, and, uh, and like body acceptance, <laughs> which has nothing to do with what I teach. And I got all these followers and I'm like, great. So glad that you're here. I'm your like local friendly, funny, gay, <laughs> fat friend on Instagram. Thanks for being here. Um, y'all got a business. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, um, do y'all want to learn about Instagram? Because if not, get out, leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want you here. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, Mike, too, is, is understanding that the goal of follower growth, the goal of any of this is to build the right kind of following and to really focus on that quality over quantity, that having a bunch of followers doesn't guarantee success or results, that you want the right people following you on Instagram. And a lot of times, like literally having a smaller, honestly having a smaller following on Instagram actually creates more opportunity for you because you can have more personal connections, <clears throat> excuse me, and more conversations with your community on Instagram, as opposed to having this huge following that you don't know who the heck these people are or where they came from. But when you have this smaller following, you can see the same names coming up on a regular basis when you're on Insta stories. You see the same people coming into your DMs on a regular basis. You see the same people always commenting. Those are the people you can connect with. Those are the people that become advocates for you and your work. Those are the people that are evangelists for what you do and are telling other people about it. Those are the people that are going to buy your stuff and hire you and refer you to other people. And having a smaller following allows you to do that versus having a huge following where you have no idea who these people are. That can be much more difficult. Mm. It's really interesting. I was having this conversation with a friend recently about like the pressure of being someone like Taylor Swift or Madonna, who was constantly known every album, every new album is a whole new era. You know, it's like yeah. the, the 1989 era. It's the, the, um, you know, every album is a new look, a new vibe, a new feel, a new mantra, a new everything versus being an artist who's because their goal is to sell the most records and be at the top of that game versus being an artist who says, no, my job is to make really great music and to make a really good living. And they don't put out new albums ever. They never rank. They never get to the top of it, but they're making good money. They're filling venues because they've spoken to their true audience who will defend them, who will buy their stuff all of the time versus constantly having to to chase that that and I'm not saying it's a bad life to be Taylor Swift at all. I mean it sounds sounds <laughs> lovely. But I but I think that it's really similar to what you're saying of like we look at some of these people and we see, oh, they have a million followers or they have this. What are they doing versus what did they do to get a million followers? How did they yeah. build those relationships instead of what's the content they're putting out today, which may not be relevant for you and your audience because your audience is more intimate and you have a in a way to connect with them differently. For it sure. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So and you, I think, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You were talking about, this is another myth I wanted to ask you about because I think people yeah. struggle with this. And you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the the video that went really viral of talking about self-love, uh, talking about body image and those things. And you and I both on social um, have have talked about it, have shared about it, have liked each other's, uh, you know, the re the retweet uh, comments on on weight, on being gay, on being, uh, you know, I've talked pretty openly about the postpartum depression I experienced as a new dad, which a lot of people don't mm. talk about. And so what do you, I think people struggle with my account should be all business all the time, or my account is this place where I do therapy in front of the world. <laughs> and then they don't understand why someone isn't booking them or buying their stuff when they finally say after after posting all week about, you know, how they, how they're feeling about the world. Then they say, by the way, I have a new offering for, you know, for uh, uh, nutrition coaching or something. What is that balance? And is it okay to put more of our personal side in there? Should we have two accounts if we want to talk a lot about what's going on with this? What's your, what's your take on that of how to blend those? Yes. So I, I don't think there's any completely right answer here. I think it really depends on, your goal with Instagram and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build. I will say that I think there is an opportunity here to find a really beautiful blend of valuable educational business brand related content blended with personal story, personal uh, experiences. When we're working with our clients, we actually have a concept we call, we teach called shared experiences where you bring in some of those personal components of who you are and things that you enjoy outside of the thing that you sell. And you can start conversations and build relationships around those things. Because when people are talking to you about a reality television show or about a, a vacation destination 
or about your love of Disney or something like that. Like when people are talking to you about those things, it's so disarming and it just allows us to connect with people as real humans. So it's not always about the thing that we're selling. It's not always about this like monetization of the relationship online. So there's opportunity to find this really beautiful blend there, but I do think it is a blend and I think there is some balance required there. And you're right, Mike, I think some people go too far in either direction. There are some people who show up online and they're like, I'm a brand, I'm a business. I don't talk about any personal stuff. And then they wonder why the only other people that follow them are other boring brands and businesses on Instagram, right? Like we need that personal connection, especially like modern day marketing, modern day purchasing. People are purchasing from people. People are making decisions about buying things because of the person on the other end. People want to understand the ethical implications of who they're supporting with their money, you know, just this week when you and I are recording there's this, there's been a whole conversation online on Twitter in particular regarding Basecamp and like recent changes they've made and policies they've made as a company and who's leading Basecamp and at the top of the company and what they're saying. And, you know, people are saying, I'm canceling my subscription. I'm not going to use the service anymore because of the decision they've made. So people are, are mindful of that now. So there needs to be this personal component. It can't just be this faceless, nameless brand that lives online. And at the same time, as you were saying, there needs to be some boundaries there. And I think what you were speaking to is so true in that people use social media as a platform to air their dirty laundry. And then they wonder why people never buy their stuff because they're never talking about the results that they can get people, how they can help people, the offer that they have and what someone's gonna get if they buy it. Or they try and slide that in at the end of their week-long, you know, you know, experience on Instagram and then wonder why people aren't purchasing or enrolling or what it may, whatever it may be. And it's because you haven't given them a reason. You haven't like shown your credibility. You haven't shown that you can help people. You haven't showcased the people you've helped in the past. So I think that blending and that balance is really important. But people want to hear about you, about your life, about your point of view on things. People want those things. So don't feel afraid to share those things. And at the same time, understand if you're going to use Instagram for a business, for your entrepreneurial endeavors, that there are going to come times when you have to sell your stuff. You have to give value. You have to talk about your products or your services or your offerings. And that you can't just show up all day, every day and like, be a bubbly fun gal next door on Instagram and then just expect people to magically buy your stuff if you don't ask them to buy your stuff. Mm. So you got to find that blend and balance. And there's almost like a little bit of, you know, I think so many people feel, feel dirty or sleazy doing that. And I, for me, I know that that feeling was a lot higher when I wasn't offering real value to people. I was just yeah. being charming and likable. And then all of a sudden I was like, don't you want to buy something from me? And it's like, wait, I thought you were just my friend who talked about, you know, Real Housewives and and what wine to choose. And now you're asking me to buy your program. And, you know, since a couple of years when I've been more strategic with that, I feel less weird because of course people are like, oh, right. I've been following all these tips from you and there's this other way I can work with you. And for me, that was a big shift from feeling weird about it was, Oh right, I'm using. It's okay to use Instagram just for, you know, fun. But if you want to use yeah. it for business, then there's this other way to do it that you're teaching here. Exactly, and I think that answers the question too regarding should I have two accounts? And what we tell our clients is, if you need a place where you want to post pictures of your cat and pictures of your kids, and you just want to talk about your life, and you you need that, you need that as an outlet then create a separate personal account. Don't do that on your business account as the primary type of content you should, you're creating. If you're going to be using Instagram as a business or as a brand, then that account needs to be brand first. It's about building the brand. It's about generating leads or inquiries or sales. It's about creating valuable content and the personal stuff, the personal content, the stories, the kids and the cat, those can be there, but they are simply supplements to the value of the business-focused content. So I think that can help answer the question of, do I need a separate personal account? Look, if you need a place where you post your lunch every day, then create that on your separate account. But if you can, if you're like, no, I can just use Instagram for my business and like every now and then share a little bit of my personal life, then you can do it all on a business account. 
That makes a lot of sense. And it's really, it's, it's so, uh, you kind of handed this to me perfectly last year when my daughter was born, um, I start, I was sharing, you know, she was born in preemie and we were, we were in uh, a foreign country where she was born. And so I was sharing that journey and sharing it on my Instagram. And what I started to realize when I look back and I do the, uh, cause I, cause I'm not just a, a fan of, of yours, Tyler, I am a convert. I'm, I'm a, I was a client first, um, <laughs> in, in your, in your programs. And so what I realized was that when I went back to do my monthly, uh, my monthly audit, it was like, oh, I have no idea what to do because all month long, I've just been posting pictures about our journey in the knee queue, which had such high engagement, higher than ever, because not only was everyone that I followed feeling it, all my family and friends that followed me, but also just the world was really interested in these two men who had a baby during COVID with the knee queue. And it was like, wait, this, this post has so many likes and comments. There's nothing here to replicate because I'm not going to pimp out my daughter on my Instagram to like sell a program and figure out how to be like, here's the story I learned while walking through the, this is how it applies to your speaking business. I felt uncomfortable. So I did eventually create that second account. That's just a flood of pictures of the baby. So all the people that just wanted to see her all the time, they have their little account. There's nothing there. There's no opt-in. And on my main account, it's, it includes my life sometimes, but it definitely has that business angle that you're teaching here. So I was I was a good student, Tyler. I listened. I did what you said. Good. I'm so proud of you. I'll send you a gold star tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So speaking of gold stars, one of the other myths that I hear a lot, not only from from my uh, from my community, but also just people in the world yelling at yelling at the world is that the algorithm is trying to steal their gold stars, Tyler, that the algorithm is out to get us. What do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, are you are you waking up at 3.33 in the morning with, in a cold sweat thinking about the Instagram algorithm? Um, I think people do. <laughs> I think so. I think, I think there's a lot of people who, who, uh, who really do sweat it that much and they wake up and it's like, how many likes did I get yesterday on this post? And then when it's not high enough, it's like, ah, the algorithm and you know this week everyone's kind of yelling at the uh yelling at uh, apple and facebook for fighting over ads and privacy which i think is just going to get stronger and stronger we're going to have more and more consumer privacy but the algorithm i just see lots of people mad at the algorithm it seems i don't know is the algorithm bad yeah um the algorithm is not bad um the way you think about the algorithm may be bad. <laughs> the, the way that you approach it, the energy you give it may be bad, but the algorithm itself um, is neutral. Um, it is a computer. And unless Mercury is retrograde, I promise you our computers aren't trying to ruin our lives. Um, but now when Mercury is retrograde, all bets are off, right? Look, the algorithm is your best friend as a content creator. And the sooner you can understand that and accept it, the sooner you can get back to focusing on what really matters on Instagram. The algorithm's goal on Instagram, or really any social platform, is very simple. The goal is to show content consumers the content they want to see at the time they want to see it. It is not perfect, but it is working to show the right content to the right person at the right time. That's all it's trying to do. So if you're showing up on Instagram and posting content as a business, as a brand, as a speaker, as an expert, as an entrepreneur, then you are showing up on the platform as a content creator. And as a creator, your goal is to understand how the algorithm can actually benefit you and amplify your message and get your content in front of more of the right people. How do we do that? We try a lot of different types of content and different messages and different formats and different posting times, and we see what works. And once we find some things that work, we take those things and we just do them over and over and over again. We become repetitive in our strategy, in our content, in our messaging, in our format, in our delivery, whatever it may be. But we're going to have to do some trial and error to get there sometimes. We're going to have to post something and it's going to flop. It's not going to get the engagement that we had hoped. And it wasn't because the algorithm was out to get you. I promise you, Mark Zuckerberg is not lurking in the bushes somewhere, like trying to like slash your tires at any moment, even though he has a haircut that would say different. But <laughs> that's not what's happening here. 
you post something, it flops, it doesn't work. Guess what you do? You learn from it and you try again. You don't wallow in self-pity. You don't blame the algorithm. You don't go on Twitter or Facebook to post about how evil and terrible and awful Instagram is. You try and figure it out. You do something else. You do something again. And you build your strategy. That's why I think a lot of people get frustrated with social media or Instagram in particular is because there's no cut and paste, fill in the blank strategy to success on these platforms. Every niche is different. Every audience is different. Every industry is different. What works well in our online business expert industry doesn't work the same in a direct to consumer products, good business where they're selling, where they're making and selling a product. It doesn't work the same for beauty influencers. It doesn't work the same for a software company. Every industry is distinct and unique on Instagram. Every audience is different. Every brand is different and has their own point of view. So you have to adapt and create a strategy that works for you. And the best way to do that is by learning the core principles of marketing, messaging, and positioning, and how to do that on Instagram, and then customizing it to you and your business. That's what we help our clients do, and that's what, how we approach Instagram. But the algorithm is your greatest asset because its only goal is to get the right content in front of the right person at the right time. The last thing I'll say about the algorithm is that Instagram wants the algorithm to work well because Instagram only makes money when you and I are on Instagram. Like that's how they get their paychecks. So why, and I'm going to ask you, this is going to be a little bit sassy, but you may need to think about this, all you algorithm conspiracy theorists out there. Why in the world would they make Instagram a hellacious algorithmic landscape in the world if they only get money when you and I are using it? They want us to be on Instagram. Do they always get it right? No. Do they introduce new features and functions and you're like, why in the world would we want that? Where did that come from? Of course they do. But at the end of the day, their goal is to get us to use Instagram and to stay on Instagram as long as possible. And the algorithm can help do that. Also, stop blaming the algorithm for your crappy content. It's probably not the algorithm's fault. It's probably just that you didn't make a good post for being really honest. The tea is spilling over here in this uh, this conversation. But th this also makes me think back to where we were talking about the, the beginning about size is that if you did have a uh, a tighter knit community, people that were there for the right reasons and not just following you because you got some random hashtag right one day, they're more likely to want to see the stuff you put out more likely to engage with it, which then tells the algorithm people like this and this specific person like stuff like this, this content creator. Let's keep showing them more. Is that kind of what you're saying? Totally. Yeah. And what we see time and time again in the clients we've helped. And, and look, I've been marketing on Instagram now for over six years, working with clients for five of those years. I was a social media manager. I ran an agency. I was a consultant before I became an Instagram educator in 2017. And over time, what we see time and time again is the smaller your following is, the greater your engagement will be. As your following grows, your engagement decreases because now you're competing to get more eyes on your content. You have There's more competition. But when you have that smaller following, when you have 100 followers, 1,000 followers, 10,000 followers, People with those that that following, if they're creating great content, they are seeing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% engagement on their content. And that is incredible. As your following grows, you typically see that decrease. I mean, as an example, I recently had a client inside of our program and she was on a coaching call and she was asking for support because she felt like her engagement wasn't where she wanted it to be. And she came into our program. She started at zero. In about six weeks, she hit 100 followers. And she was getting on average like 30 to 40 engagements per post. Also, the way that we look at engagement has changed than it did a few years ago because now we have more types of engagement to measure. We don't just have likes. We don't just have comments. Now we also have saves and we have shares. So she was posting something and getting a few dozen likes, a couple of comments, maybe a dozen saves. You know, she was getting 30, 40, 50 engagements on her post. And she said, I don't know. I feel like my engagement's low. I should be getting more. And I wanted to reach through the screen and shake her. I was like, wait a minute, you're getting 40, 50% engagement on your content right now. This is incredible. Keep going. 
like you have no problem right now. Keep going, keep doing what you're doing because it is obviously working. But as her following grows, she's going to see her engagement decrease because it's just more people to try and get in front of. And it's totally natural. And that that's mm-hmm. normal. That happens. And do you think that in that growth period is where people start to like some of what might contribute to their decrease in engagement is that they start to try to play to too many different ideas that they stop kind of doing what they, the thing that people like them for and came for, they switch it up and people get confused and say, oh, this isn't what I was here for. I'm going to stop checking it out. Completely. Yeah. I mean, social media, building an audience online is all about, it's, it's a game of expectation. People follow you expecting a certain type of content And then they stick around if you continue to deliver on that expectation. But the moment you no longer meet that expectation, you lose interest, you lose attention, and you can lose followers. So that's why the trial and error concept of creating content is important. But it's also important that you land on, we call these content themes, land on the three to five core themes, the three to five types of content you're going to create over and over and over again. And, and stick with that and be consistent with that because people make that decision to follow you based on what they expect they're going to receive from your content. And then every time your content comes across someone's feed, every time they watch your stories, if they choose not to unfollow you, then they are choosing to continue to follow you because you're continuing to meet that expectation. What you don't want to do is be doing so many different things on your account, so many different things in your content that your your post comes across someone's feed and they're like, now, wait a minute, who the heck is this? Why am I following Mm -hmm. this person? And they hit that unfollow button. Unless you're going through a, a time in your business where you're like totally pivoting, you're throwing everything out the window, you're starting anew and you're doing something totally different, okay, that's totally fine. You're probably going to lose followers. You're going to lose attention. You're going to go through some growth pains as you build a new following around this new topic. But for most people, day in and day out, you're going to be talking about the same things over and over again and building a following around those same topics. It's interesting, that idea, because it's really similar to what I was saying earlier about Taylor Swift and Madonna is, yeah, when they when Taylor goes from doing a country album to doing a pop album, she's been grooming people to go with her. But there were probably a ton of people who stopped listening, but it took Herculean efforts for her to keep growing. Even in that, Mm -hmm. she had to do more press, more topics, more this, more that, spend more money. And I think for most entrepreneurs, we don't need to do that is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, we don't need to do that. We can keep, we can be consistent, right? Like we can be, I mean, think about it like being the, um, I don't know, be like the, uh, the, um, like the Florence Welch, the Florence in the machine of your niche, instead of trying to be the Lady Gaga of your niche, you know, like Florence has been doing the same spooky, ooky, weird, you know, lady music for the past, however, 10 years or whatever. Um, And like you said, she keeps filling up events. She keeps releasing her records whenever they come out and like has her loyal fans. Or is Lady Gaga, I mean, Lady Gaga almost killed herself doing the art pop album. She almost completely destroyed her career with her Joanne era. We're getting into the weeds here, Mike. We're really talking about some good stuff here. (laughs) Listeners are probably like, the straight people, I'm sorry if your eyes are totally glazed (laughs) over. You don't know what we're talking about. You know, but just know if you ever saw Lady Gaga when she had that album with like the big pink hat that came out, that almost ruined her career because people were not used to that. That was not what Lady Gaga was about, right? It was not the poppy dance music that we all know and love. Now, I still love it because I'm a Lady Gaga lover through and through, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just that example. Like, you don't have to reinvent yourself. You don't always have to. You don't always have to have the next new take on some. This is a big topic. You don't always have to have the next, the next great take on a topic in your niche. Like, I think we've reached this this age of content creation where everyone's just trying to have the next better take than someone else. Like the next hot goss than someone else. The next, you know, uh, standout controversial post than someone else. And that's not sustainable content creation. I mean, and also people get annoyed with that stuff after <laughs> you almost had to bleep me. People get annoyed with that after a while. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind. If, to just ratchet this on one more thing to make this like a rainbow cake popping out with sprinkles and unicorns. The same thing that you were talking about with, with Gaga's Joanne album, same thing happened with Katy Perry with witness album. 
she and, and if you remember the witness album she was doing all like 24 hour live streaming because it was such a different yes. thing for people that she really and then she put out smile last year which i think was uh, katie perry is just underrated i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm a i'm a I stand Katie. She's underrated in so many ways, and she's really showing her prowess as an idol judge. Um, but she put out Smile last year, brilliant pop album, exactly what we expected from her. Uh, bad time for pop artists to be putting out albums. But that Witness album in 2017 of hers was similar to Gaga putting out Joanne, where it took it just didn't it wasn't going to sell like what had happened before because it was just different. And the yes. audience struggled to go along with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think people are like, I also think sometimes Mike, people get bored with their content. They get bored with what they've been doing. They want to do new things. And look, I get it. I totally understand that. Um, I'll tell you what a mentor of mine told me years ago when I was like, I'm bored with this in my business. I don't want to do it anymore. He said, okay, great. Go get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> like let your business be your business. Um, and, and let it be sustainable, let it be consistent, let it be predictable and maintain what's working. I mean, I, I think we don't often enough think about how good marketing is just taking something that works and riding that train until it stops going. And then if you feel like you need an outlet to explore something else, then go take a pottery class, start a podcast talking about, you know, rewatching every episode of friends, like do something like that, but don't feel like, I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, we expect our business to fill every void and to fill every cup in our lives. And it just can't do that. And when we do that, we really do ourselves a disservice. I'm talking to myself here mainly, but maybe someone else listening. <laughs> For, <laughs> I don't know who too. needs to hear this, AKA all of us, because I think that's also one of the reasons, Tyler, that so many people, um, so many people in our industry, so many people in the speaker industry, the online entrepreneur industry really struggle is that it feels like everything all the time is your business. Yeah. And it feels like if you put something else and it flops, that that's like a personal affront versus saying, no, I put that. I put that out because I just was interested in what people thought about coffee, but I didn't need it to fill my business. And I think that there's some real, there's some real, uh, mind messing up that happens because we do think, oh, well, I can't do pottery unless I find a way to monetize it. So I won't do pottery. I'm just going to do this other thing all the time because that's what works versus, no, do what works in your business and then go have a life as well. Yes. And also Amen. thinking that yeah, I can't do it unless I'm good at it. <laughs> Ooh, That's a good one too. Like I, I, one of the things I wanted to explore this year was making art. I was like, as a kid, I loved making art. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend some time this year. I'm going to get back to painting. I'm going to draw. I want to play with watercolors. I did it in one afternoon and it all looked horrible and I wasn't good at it. And I haven't done it since. But I need to remember that I've been bad at everything I've ever started. And also, just because you're not good at something doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. I mean, I'm sure we've eaten lots of terrible meals from people that are terrible cooks, but they love to cook, so they just keep on doing it, right? So you don't have to be good at something to let it be something you spend your time on either. That's so, It's so interesting because I think that all the time with my daughter of like how – it really doesn't matter. Like along this process of her learning to pick something up and it's like, ah, she moved her hand close to the cup. That counts. She yes. like, she looked in the direction and my, my husband and I were just talking about this because, you know, we brought her home before her original due date even. So she was in the NICU, some of her final trimester, but she ended up at home before she was actually her real due date. And I remember in the beginning, it's like, she can't even see us. Like her vision is so bad because she was such a preemie. She came home at four and a half pounds that like when she started to vaguely recognized that she was in a dark room or a light room it was like oh my gosh progress and then when she yes. saw that there was a human being somewhere around her and now she recognizes our faces and our she's watching us from the living room to the kitchen and i think in our not even just in our business but in our personal life taking up pottery taking up uh, art or whatever i think we forget that like that's sometimes why we do it is just that journey and it becomes this i don't know this brutal attack on ourselves and then we feel like Oh yeah, the world was right. I'm not good at this, or I'm not going to be good at that. And oi, yeah. that is, I need to go journal now. <laughs> I know I have therapy in an hour, so this oh, is God. aptly timed. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> perfect. Okay, so 
what did I miss? What is one of the myths that you think I wish people would stop punishing themselves in this way and using Instagram to to grow their business and to build relationships? What's the final myth? What did I miss? Yeah, the final myth is that you have to create all the content and all the formats and all the places on Instagram that you have to be on Instagram live and stories. You have to post in your feed. Reels are here. So you have to dance on camera and point at random words you're going to put on the screen. Like you have to do all the things on Instagram. And it's just not true. Look, I mean, one of the reasons I love Instagram for many entrepreneurs and businesses is because it does offer an all-in-one solution for marketing. So if you want to create video, great. You can go on IGTV. If you want to do live video, perfect. You can do live video. If you want to do short, silly dance videos, you can do reels instead of using TikTok. You can do it all on Instagram, which is really exciting. And it doesn't require you to be in all of these places, creating all this different type of content and with all these different types of communities and kind of expectations for content. So I love that about Instagram. And at the same time, you don't have to use every feature they give you. You don't have to use every crayon in the crayon box. You just need to use the crayons that you want to use to draw the picture you want to draw. So get clear on what your goal is on Instagram and then use the features that help you accomplish that goal. And nine times out of 10 for most entrepreneurs and business owners, the features on Instagram that you need to leverage are your Instagram feed, Instagram stories, and direct messages. So post in the feed several times per week, three to five times per week is great. Post in the feed as a goal of attracting new followers, getting new eyes on your content, and then connecting with the followers you already have. Post on Instagram stories as often as possible. If you can do it every day or every weekday when you're working, that would really be the ultimate goal. Showing up on stories for just a little bit, sharing a tip of the day, sharing an insight, sharing a lesson, sharing something you learned, showing people what you're working on, whatever it may be, showing up on stories regularly. And the goal of stories is to deepen the relationship with the followers you already have. Stories are shown to your followers. They're not really shown to strangers. So the goal of your stories is just to deepen that connection with people that have already raised their hand and said yes to getting content from you and then get in the direct messages ask your people to dm you to learn more ask your people to send you questions via dm ask your people to connect with you through direct messages when you start doing it it's going to be weird and it's probably going to be crickets but the more you do this over time the more and more conversations you'll get and then direct messages is where everything can happen for you on instagram it's where you can get leads it's where you can make sales it's where you can find bookings it's where you can find opportunities for collaboration it's where you can get advice on the best vacuum to buy that's what i did with insta stories one time like use your instagram dms they can make a world of difference and don't worry about everything else right now get good at those three places and then think later on about how you could start going live how you can maybe create some reels but you don't have to be in all places at all the time doing all the things so did we do it did we get your notebook of myths broken down and hopefully a couple of ideas of how to start using instagram a little bit more intentionally and if i'm being honest i mean one of the things this interview did for me was to kind of relieve some of the the pressure to worry about all the wrong ways to use instagram as a as an entrepreneur as a storyteller and uh and a little bit of focus so hope this episode was super helpful to you. If you want to check out more about what Tyler's up to and kind of dive into that that deeper class, you can head over to tylerjmccall.com slash free to check out the, the workshop that he's got going on and see what's there for you. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you again for your time, your attention, and the, uh, the space in your life. This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeGanino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today. And keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeGanino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag mic drop moment? 